welcome everybody to the click podcast where we talk about everything web3 and not just abstract ideas we get into the ground realities of how the daws are currently functioning although daws are heralded as the future of the coordination of work there are a lot of aspects that we want to get into such as dao deep dives dao insights and this is the, going to be the one stop shop for all things dao uh we are joined by our co-host uh, abhishek sanavne and me personally abhishek ajit um, hello everyone today amen so today we have uh, a very special guest he has been a very good friend of mine uh and one of the most fo- foremost dao enthusiasts uh, in this space for a long while we have uh, nelson jordan from avenue over here hi nelson how have you been hey abhishek good to be here thanks for having me yes I mean, always what to say, pumped as ever, Nelson. Uh, <laughs> Nelson here has been a co-founder of Avenue and also part of the leadership team over at uh, Dow Masters. For those who are not aware of Avenue, it is a it is a product that allows for communities to build these interoperable, dedicated spaces uh, that allow for greater collaboration and empower contributors at the same time. It's kind of a ch- baby of uh, I think Web three, GitHub, and Discord. Did I get that spot on or not? Nice yeah, thing. I think that's spot on. Well nice. Hey, I mean, you got a fantastic product there. So it 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 was. I took some time to think about it, and it just kind of came to me. So Nelson, uh, before we kind of get into the heart of the topic, uh, I would love to understand more about your journey and how you came into the Web three space and. something much more fundamental that uh, i would love to know more is what were the experiences you faced in the web2 world that instantly connected you with the potential of dows sure yeah it's a, a good question um so for me i'm probably not the um traditional uh, crypto or blockchain enthusiast um i'm not technical at all uh to the point where it's almost laughable um i, I tried to look actually <laughs> enter, yeah, exactly i tried to enter the space um several years ago and found it very overwhelming um very hard to enter uh for somebody who basically wasn't a coder wasn't a programmer um i come from a a marketing background a, a marketing and community background so i've done everything from kind of uh managing uh social media paid social so hundreds of thousands of dollars uh a month to grow um you know customer acquisition uh moved into SEO and PPC and finally CRO so kind of collecting all these acronyms as i go um and then became kind of more interested in the content side and and content strategy and finally find myself um uh, as head of marketing at a startup uh this was all you know pre web3 and then uh i kind of just got really into dows through nfts actually through kind of understanding okay there's this kind of community element to it um there's uh all of these different things going on behind the scenes that i just hadn't been exposed to before and i kind of found it a bit intoxicating um I'd always been really interested in in concepts like systems thinking and uh first principles and uh second order effects and things like this and 
DAO seemed like this fantastic playground where we could just get in and experiment and have this really rapid iteration and feedback loop um, where we could just try a whole bunch of things. We didn't have to keep it super theoretical anymore. We could use some of the theory that had been already created and written and theorized and add to it with our own and actually see what that looked like in practice. Um, so DAOs for me were kind of really eye-opening um, and I've kind of fallen in love with them and uh, been involved with them ever since. I think that's uh, pretty fascinating that uh, what really intrigued you about the DAO space was this uh, ease of expression when it comes to iterating and coming up with new ideas. For someone like you, uh, heading marketing and doing SEO, uh, PPC and all these uh, social media related tasks, the key to success for all these uh, certain areas is this, uh, you need a fast feedback loop, you need to be able to iterate ideas to be able to click with audience and that experience has kind of worked its way towards uh, an organization that allows for uh, this sort of fast feedback loops and, you know, ease of collaboration, right down to the first principles, you know. Uh, I think that's quite fascinating that it's kind of worked out uh, in your life that way. When you first came to the DAO space itself, you know, uh, I mean, how did that kind of transition into you kind of uh, finding DAO masters? What was the DAO scene like at the time? And uh, what was fascinating, fascinating about DAO masters that made you want to take the leap and really uh, delve into it as a full full-time contributor? Yeah, I wouldn't say I was somebody who was early to DAOs. Um, I would say that, you know, I probably got into the space a year and a half, two years ago or something like that. Um, as I said, like previously, I've been involved in crypto just from a personal investment point of view. Um, I saw something that I liked there, saw something that I could potentially make some money on, um, didn't have the professional skill sets, at least I felt, to to get involved because you know, crypto at that time, I'm talking kind of 2016, 2017 here, um, was still felt overwhelmingly technical. It's only been the last couple of years that my, what I would classify kind of my sort of skill set of telling a compa uh, compelling narrative, that has become kind of more valuable in the space. Um, it's it's not just about the what you can do technically, it's about the story you can tell. Um, the DAO space at that time was kind of just on the cusp of exploding. And I would say I probably got there just before that explosion happened. And it wasn't by anything other than luck. I just happened to see a tweet from the right person at the right time. And that person was uh, Julia Lipton, uh, a VC from uh, Awesome People Ventures, fantastic mind uh, and person in the space, um, you know, from a professional and a personal standpoint. Um, and she was talking about, uh, this project that she wanted to run. It wasn't a DAO, uh, at that time it was called DAO masters. And it was her idea to bring together lots of the disparate information in the space. There were lots of new tools out for DAOs, um, and nobody had really gone through them as a whole and reviewed the most important ones. And she said, Hey, I want to raise some money. I think she wanted to raise 15 ETH or something like that. Um, to build a website um, and to review 20 of the tool reviews that were voted for by uh, the community. So 20 of the most prominent DAO tools at that time. 
And it wasn't until the end of season one and the beginning of season two that we actually transitioned into a DAO. Um, so it almost ran itself as a DAO during season one anyway, um, but there was no need to do that necessarily. It wasn't how it was set up. It was just that Julia was comfortable running it in that manner. Uh, so what were the, uh, I mean, what was the the kind of incentives or the sort of uh, outcomes that you were looking for to make that switch from uh, what was a small community towards this whole DAO itself? I mean, I understand that, you know, you've had this whole aspect of uh, of kind of, making these sort of private tool reviews but what was the outcomes that you were looking for to make that uh, uh, the whole uh, daification process and how was it like transitioning the community into that phase getting people to contribute uh, if you could get into that that'd be pretty amazing sure i mean to be honest the the main reason was that we wanted to kind of taste the dog food right um it was we were writing about all of these DAO tools and we wanted to implement them ourselves and, and get hands-on experience with them. And it felt wrong to do that in kind of a top-down uh, community. We wanted to be able to do that in, you know, a, the, the, the element and the environment, I should say, that the tools were actually designed for. Um, so it seemed unfair to, to treat them otherwise. So that was the main reason, at least from my perspective, the fact that in order to review these tools fairly as DAO tools, we should really be a DAO. Um, in terms of how the community reacted to that, um, it was almost a bit of a nothing event because for all intents and purposes, that was how we were running it from the beginning anyway. It was just technically behind the scenes, that wasn't the case. Um, so yeah, that, that it, it actually worked out pretty pretty well. In terms of how we incentivized people to, to write, we had a treasury from um, the fundraise that we did on Mirror. Uh, we deployed that treasury, um, split a little bit up for each season. And in each season, we asked people to uh, review uh, between 10 and 20 tool reviews that the community had voted on, you know, which tool should uh, should we write about next sort of thing. Okay, that sounds pretty neat. You know, I mean, you had these sort of incentives to kind of get these sort of tool reviews out there, and you wanted to democ democratize the whole DAO operations that was happening. So it became a DAO that way. So being a part of the leadership team over at DAO Masters, you know, this was a completely different uh, paradigm shift from your uh, stint at a startup to kind of having, uh, what to say, how do I put it, facilitating these sort of operations at a DAO. So uh, what were the standout experiences that you saw from DAO Masters and what were the lessons that you learned while kind of uh, facilitating this dynamic community? Sure. So the, there were lots of great things and there were lots of disappointing things. So when I say disappointing, I don't mean about DAO Masters themselves. I mean about the concept of DAOs. So for as much as we paint this picture of DAOs having this incredible potential, um, the impact that they can have uh, to, to act at scale, um, that, that sounds fantastic. And it's something that I fully believe DAOs will do um, and can do. Right now, the tools that we have don't really allow us to do that at all. 
Um, they point in a way that instead of, you know, making it really easy and encouraging and promoting bottom up behavior. And by that, I mean, uh, people from the community turning into contributors, selecting their own work, working together to find those projects and, and fulfill those projects. Right now, things like Discord make us act in a really top-down manner. And that's everything from, you know, designing what channels should look like. Um, you know, that there are these channel names that you have to come up with as the admin. You have to decide, you know, that people can talk about these topics and in text, and there's no space for coordination or collaboration. You basically end up relying on a core team of, you know, five to 10 people. And DAOs have this ability to scale their impact. And we want to be able to get into a position where DAOs can, you know, instead of just working through 10 people, they can work through 10,000 people. That's kind of what I see um, DAOs being able to achieve sometime in the future with the right tools. So that was kind of an eye-opening experience, right? We set out with the best of intentions at DAO Masters to be able to motivate the community um, and get them involved. And we did for a period of time where we kept up momentum. But by the third and fourth seasons, we found it really hard to get more people involved and to kind of demonstrate the the way that we should be doing things. Um, and we kind of took the easy route, I guess, um, in the short term, which was a, a bad route to take long term. But we didn't see any alternative at the time because of the tools. And what we did was kind of just revert to the core team instead of, you know, trying to get contributions from, you know, maybe the hundred closest people to DAO masters in terms of our network. What we did, we found that difficult. So we just reverted to the, the nearest 10 or 20 people, people that we knew had already done stuff and would be interested in it, right? Because it was too hard to onboard people. It was too hard to get them to contribute. It was too hard to vet them. It was too hard to get them to coordinate, um, you know, with each other. Um, so Dow Masters was fantastic as a learning experience and it, it definitely brought me into this world uh, of Web3. Um, but it also opened my eyes that we're just not going to get to achieve the potential that DAOs have with the current tool set. Very interesting. So way, okay, go for uh, it. Yeah, so Natsan, I was just wondering, uh, you said that there were a couple of things that went really well uh, in the first and the second season of DAO Masters. So I just was wondering, what were those, uh, what were the things that went well? What were your learnings and how can a new DAO, you know, kind of learn from them and uh, take use of those learnings? I would say what it comes down to is we did what we said we were going to do. We had very defined goals at the beginning. You know, we formed the community with this goal of creating a website and writing 20 tool reviews that were picked by the community. Those are very well-defined, tightly defined goals. They're easy for people to see, wait, does this contribution actually get us closer to that goal? Does this discussion help us move closer to achieving that mission, yes or no? Um, and for us, I think the season, seasons one and two, and that partly it was momentum, but partly it was just that we'd outlined our goals very, very clearly. 
By the time we got to season three, we had a bunch of new people that were really excited by the vision, had seen kind of some of the traction that Dow Masters were achieving. They came into the community um, definitely with the best of intentions, and we facilitated this as part of the leadership team. But I think we went too quickly from having a narrowed uh, vision to broadening up that vision. And we were talking about, okay, well, if we want to succeed long term, we need revenue streams. We need some sort of monetization from here. Instead of trying to get monetization through tool reviews, um, which I think is is more of a long term uh, sustainable strategy, what we try to do is say, okay, well, we've got a lot of experts on DAOs here. Maybe we can monetize that. Maybe we can do some consulting and things like that. Um, so we did explorations in that. But it took a lot of the key members out of the loop um, of the previous tool reviews and the things that we'd actually become known for at Dow Masters and good at. So I would just say that um, we lost a bit of focus, but we did so with the best of intentions. Um, it just didn't work out and we probably needed somebody to rein us in a little bit. But it was hard. I think even though the core team and the leadership team thought that that was a risk, we didn't want to dampen any of the community's motivations. You know, we thought we have all these great people coming to the community. They're clearly very smart. They're clearly very passionate about this. Sure, we should let them kind of explore this and do that. But the amount of coordination that it took from the core team and the leadership team to set that up, maybe maybe that wasn't worth it, you know, because it it meant that because we didn't have the right tools that these people could go off and, and form their own teams uh, with their own missions and, and achieve that and feed it back to the DAO. Um, we had to spend a whole bunch of our time facilitating this um, and, and creating the conditions for them to do it, which meant that we couldn't do other things, right? You've got a limited amount of resource. So people, uh, I mean, you guys had good intentions. You wanted to kind of create a DAO which was efficient enough you know, get the community engaged, but it was so difficult to get that sort of context to be given to any newcomer or there was a lot that was being lost in the whole operation side of things itself that it became, uh, it was kind of easier to handle things from a top-down um, aspect and just allow for some degree of efficiency. Uh, it, I think that was a route you guys took and it took a toll on the community in general because you weren't able to kind of attract that sort of community while uh, trying to uh, focus a lot on getting that initial operation set. So the way I see it, uh, a lot of disappointment comes from uh, that loss of context and the sort of top-down uh, aspect you know that you saw at Dow Masters. Uh, I think that's kind of the general narrative across DAOs in, uh, in general. Uh, could you talk about how this, uh, this whole top-down approach further affects DAOs you know, from achieving its potential? And what is the optimal uh, situation when it comes to collaboration and context? What is that optimal uh, moment that you would like to see DAOs achieve? Because so far it's been uh, kind of the way things have been working in Web2, just that we're doing it over Discord or Notion. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Um, first thing I would say is that, you know, I probably sh should highlight this just, just in case it's not come across. Like, uh, I've had the best time at Dow Masters. 
Um, really enjoyed the whole experience and, and all the learnings that have come from it. And I'm very grateful to have been brought into the Web3 world through that route because there are others that have come through different routes that perhaps are no longer in Web3 because of them. Um, the second thing I would say is like, I'm going to caveat my answer with the understanding that the word DAO or the acronym DAO is a pretty terrible descriptor um, for the organization because it covers a multitude of sins, right? It talks about all different types of organizations and puts them under one banner and expects, you know, that will lead to a healthy conversation, which just doesn't appear to be the case. So, you know, obviously decentralization DAOs have very, very different ideas on what should be centralized versus decentralized, what what the optimal amount is, um, you know, for for longevity, for for reactiveness, for privacy, um, for control, for power. All of these things really, really differ on decentralization. And the same for the autonomy aspect, right? If you look at the difference between a product DAO or a media DAO and the difference between a like a, a, a protocol-based um, DAO or something like that, they differ massively in levels of autonomy. Um, and we still continue to talk about these same these things as if they're one and the same. They're not. They're completely different. The difference between an investment DAO that needs to pool funds versus a social DAO where people um, just get together to kind of make connections and, and interact and spin off cool ideas and stuff like that. They've all got very different aims. Um, so to talk about like the optimal level of those is a bit disingenuous. Um, there isn't one. Even within those um, those types of DAOs, um, I, I, I'm hopeful that we'll move to better descriptors that will allow us to have kind of more nuanced conversations um, about these. I don't have an answer as to the different definitions for all of these sadly yet yeah, it's something that I'll, I'll be working on with a <laughs> with a bunch of other people also trying to make progress on that as well i think that's a good segue to kind of uh, get into avenue as a product itself you know uh, these aspects you know such as context and um, the sort of top down approach that you saw that was kind of stifling what you saw could have been this potential uh, the ideal dao that could have uh, brought in that sort of innovation and collaboration. Uh, you found that inspiration from your experiences at um, at Dow Masters. Could you kind of give us some sort of background about uh, uh, exactly the sort of thesis you have in mind about these two and how exactly you plan to solve that with Avenue? There were a lot of different problems that we encountered, um, you know, th both through uh, participating in Dow Masters, but also participating in the the wider DAO ecosystem. These are problems that are kind of prevalent uh, across the board. Um, and we thought long and hard about which ones were the most pressing, which ones we cared about more as well. Um, there are lots of problems, you know, with governance and, and things like that, but they didn't necessarily motivate us as much as some of the other ones. But what we ended up doing is putting them uh, in a bucket, um, a bucket that we call the three C's, um, and that's context coordination and collaboration and avenue as a whole is a platform that makes it easier for DAOs to harness their community and turn them into contributors it makes it easier to actually get people contributing 
um, have them feeding into the progress of the DAO. It's everything that we found really difficult at DAO Masters. Uh, we didn't have the right tools. We had top-down tools like Discord. Um, th these tools make it really, really tricky um, to do it. So we weren't ever interested in building a Web3 Discord because we didn't want to inherit the same problems uh, as you know the Web2 Discord has. So to explain the three Cs that um, Avenue is built around, the first is context. So we actually realized that part of the struggle of, of gaining contributors is it's really, really tricky to find answers to questions that we'd consider really, really basic. So I'm talking about top level stuff like, what does this DAO do? What work is happening? Um, how do I contribute? You know, who, who are the main members? How do I get in touch? Who's doing this work? And the reason is, it's like Discord gives you a complete lack of context because it's a wall garden. So in order for you to know more to understand more about a DAO, you basically have to join their Discord right now. And that's quite a high barrier to entry, right? You have to know how to use Discord. Um, you have to go through the security steps. You have to unpick the 30, 40, 50 channels on the left-hand side, follow uh, onboarding processes that are completely different for each DAO. Uh, and you have to do that just to figure out if this is the right place for you. Um, so Avenue started off with this idea that, you know, we could go up against Discord head to head, but maybe it's a smarter idea to just improve the experience on Discord first, you know? So we created a Discord bot and a web app that lets DAOs, uh, pull out the most important information automatically from Discord and display it in a visually appealing way that allows people to see, oh, you know, this is what the DAO does. These are the projects that are ongoing. Um, this is how I get that information, how I follow it. And it allows you to follow what we call spaces, which are uh, the ways of breaking down different uh, parts of the DAO, different parts of the Discord channels, and getting all of your information in a single point, which uh, is a newsfeed for us. So you can follow these spaces and only get the messages that you care about. And we use an algorithm to prioritize um, the, the different messages based on importance. So that's context, right? It's hey, more people would contribute if they understood what the DAO was doing, what it was working on, and how they can participate. Um, there's a massive problem here. Like Lots of people are addressing kind of onboarding. It's just the start for us, but lots of teams build their entire product around it because it's so important. But you can't join and contribute to a DAO very easily right now. That's the main problem behind context. Coordination is once you're actually in a DAO, how do you coordinate in you know top-down platforms where you've got admins that are dictating you know what should be discussed and how and they use channels to do this right to steer members down specific paths but you know as well as that works at the beginning because you have to have some sort of structure um to combat kind of inertia to get things moving um it really really puts a damper on self-organization on coordination and without getting good at self-coordination um, and having that as a part of your DAO, you're never going to scale. Um, it just doesn't work. You just have to revert to acting on behalf of the, the core team. Like it's it's uh, basically the analogy that I would give here is like if you take a top-down mentality to a DAO, you know, that you would have in a traditional organization where a manager might tell somebody what to do and then their boss probably tells them what to do, 
um, you end up feeling like you're herding cats. You've got a whole bunch of people that you don't necessarily know much about. Um, you, you, you're basically telling them what to do, which is not kind of the promise of DAOs. It's really not very likely to work. Um, you don't often have things like salaries that you would have in traditional organizations to actually incentivize those contributions. Um, so the other issue as well is that things like top-down coordination removes agency, creativity, brain power, motivation from the community because it basically trains community members to wait to receive instructions rather than coming up with the ideas themselves as 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 a team. Um, the third C for us is collaboration. So that's how do we work together? And if we think about like what the ideal uh, environment for collaboration looks like, I would say it's something like uh, small teams coming together in areas that are designed, you know, to, to enable work um, in kind of a, a place that's to the side of the main DAO. So, you know, you don't have like the noise and the interruptions from Discord people joining without having the right context, asking a whole bunch of questions, derailing the conversations. Um, so if you think about like what the ideal <laughs> environment looks like for collaboration and track it back to Discord, it's almost no wonder that a lot of times people aren't doing the work in Discord. They're, they're, they're using workarounds and they're, they're going to tools like Clarity to organize, um, you know, a great tool, kind of a Web3 version of Notion. Um, they're doing all of these other things like DMs and stuff like that. Um, they don't have a space to work together, not really. So that's kind of my uh, synopsis of, of the three Cs. What we've designed is a platform that enables DAOs to kind of give their community superpowers, I would say, um, turn them from community members who are waiting for instructions from, from kind of the core team to people that are able to present their own ideas and start working on those ideas in tandem with other people and then present them back to the DAO. So Nelson, uh, this, I love the thesis on top of which you're building Avenue actually. My question is, you kind of mentioned uh, this lack of the ability to self-organize for the community and uh, the lack of collaboration that comes when you have a top-down mandate that's set by early members uh, within the Discord itself, that kind of sets the direction and the mind space uh, in the way the DAO is also going in the future. And if you're a real decentralized community, uh, that doesn't seem that fair. Uh, and that also comes to the lack of toolkit at the time. So my question is, how does Avenue seek to solve uh, the aspect of collaboration and coordination? How do you uh, want to kind of ensure that level of coordination and collaboration allow for that sort of self-organization for these community members. And until the time Avenue is fully out there, because I understand that this isn't still in private beta, uh, what are the best practices that you would want DAO operators to uh, kind of set within their communities to allow for that sort of uh, self-organization and uh, collaborative ability? Sure. So in terms of how we're solving this at Avenue, and you're right, it's in private beta at the moment. So if anybody wants to um, kind of apply for your DAO, uh, you could submit an application at avenue.place. Um, we're solving it 
by giving uh, small groups the ability to form, uh, to be able to, in one click, create a space where they can invite others to, or they can leave it open to the public or to the rest of the DAO. They can outline the problems that they want to work on or they want to discuss. We're giving them the actual tools to be able to do that. So a range of uh, sync and async uh, text uh, and video and uh, sharing tools and design-based tools to be able to actually accomplish uh, what they need to. Um, and then the ability to summarize that and push it back to the DAO with a summary and ask the DAO to approve it um, with automatic actions happening on the uh, on on the end of that. So an automatic action might be, you know, that contribution being recorded through Govern, you know, Govern's uh, contribution protocol. It might be using Metropolis, uh, formerly Orca, um, to manage the relationships between different rooms and the DAO. Um, it might be using Utopia Labs to pay uh, pay people for the work that they've completed in 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 these uh, these rooms we call them. Um, and this is how we're doing it, you know, by giving them an easy way to create these spaces aside from Discord on Avenue, but with links from Discord for people to find them to complete their work and then to do something with that work. Um, we kind of see ourselves, as you might might have realized by the amount of tools that I listed that will be compatible with Avenue, um, we see ourselves as the glue that actually superpower a lot of these tools. Um, right now, because Discord doesn't have kind of integrations that work naturally with these sort of um, tools, you may talk about like, um, you know, how your season went and how you should reward contributions on Discord. But then you go over to coordinate and then you do that. And you might prod people back on Discord to go and do that. And then you might tell everybody that the uh, the kind of giving tokens have all been dispersed. Um, and you might pay them through MetaMask or Disperse or, or Utopia or something like that, right? The, there's lots of fragmentation in the market. And we're aiming to be the glue that holds all of these tools together. Um, which I think people are going to really, really enjoy. In terms of how, until we have the tools, until Avenue is available to, to everyone, and as I say, if you want early access, um, let me know. Until we've got that, it's more of a mindset shift that people need to adopt. I'd encourage everybody where they can, although it's not directly related to DAOs, it's remarkable how much of it is related uh, and is important is Impact Networks by David Ehrlichman, um, a fantastic book. And it was the biggest thing that I took took from it was that there's a mindset shift from being in a traditional um, hierarchy, you know, where we have almost this pyramid view uh, of, uh, of instructions and the chain of command starting at the top and trickling downwards, to uh, what we call kind of a, a network or a hetericical view. You know, DAOs aren't. Uh, Could you um, explain what that view actually means? I mean, I mean, for a simpler way of saying it. For sure. So everyone, I'm going to assume, knows what a hierarchy is. Um, DAOs aren't devoid of hierarchies. They definitely have them. But instead of a singular hierarchy, they often have uh, multiple hierarchies. So any one hierarchy could apply depending on the situation. And 
this the situation kind of the context behind the situation dictates which hierarchy applies right so if there's a decision to be made about um about the product then perhaps the product team should be the ones that are most involved in that decision it doesn't mean that you know the leaders of the dao should be the ones that are completely in charge of that decision uh, uh, the recommendations and and maybe even the final decision should come from that team because they're closest to it and they know best in a, in a lot of ways right um i, I told you before that i was dis- distinctly non-technical so why am i being asked to sign all of these and, and vote on all of these snapshot proposals about technical things realistically you don't want me anywhere near that stuff because i don't have the foggiest what i'm talking about so th- this hierarchical view um is more friendly to kind of viewing organizations as networks with multiple hierarchies that apply at any one time um so i would say that the mindset shift that needs to happen in the meantime is from leaders to stop thinking of themselves as like bosses or managers in in a traditional sense and thinking of themselves as more like okay if i was in a network what would leadership be about and the answer to that is about facilitating connections between members um making sure that you're not the bottleneck it's about how can you be the facilitator right how can you communicate the vision of the dao the mission of the dao and then give everybody else the tools and create the environment for those people to succeed and for those people to be the driving force and to to find all of these people and groups that are perhaps on their own and bring them together and give them the means to communicate and the means to coordinate interesting nelson so just switching gears a little bit that um i just want to understand from your lens um how do you see the dao space kind of evolve in the next 2 to 3 years um also uh, do you think the bear market right now kind of has any bearings on uh, the dao space the number of contributors sure so uh, i'll give you a caveat with my answer again um my answer just refers to more um more human i would say human relationship dao's product dows media dows things where people have to create things and ship them less about protocol based dows just because i feel like i'm not really qualified to to comment on on that part of it as as much so where i see things going there is the dows that recognize that the best way to move forward and to make progress as a dow and to 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 be sustainable as a community is to empower small teams of contributors to form relationships with each other you know through the through the social interaction layer um and then act as facilitators and and let those uh community members come to the fore and bring in new people and and strengthen the networks and try and scale them outwards you know by bringing new people and new partners into the fold rather than trying to scale them upwards and in, in terms of increasing size and that's kind of a learning that I've I've taken from that book um impact networks that I mentioned um I think that's a, a the right way to to look at that part of the problem um the the dows within that space that I think will succeed and will do better than others are those that recognize that yeah instead of trying to achieve consensus you know through governance 
for the whole DAO. You don't need everybody voting on everything all of the time. What you do need to do is push decision-making power and the ability to execute those decisions um, through through work to the edges, to these small small teams of um, passionate, uh, motivated, well-qualified people. Um, so that's kind of my my answer for that. I think that's uh, pretty fair. You know, I mean, the whole top-down approach that you kind of see with a lot of uh, with a lot of these DAOs, you kind of get the right mindset within these communities, and you want to see execution happen. Uh, I mean, pro since protocol DAOs aren't your thing, you want to see more of the creator type DAOs. I mean, if Cooper Trooper was here, he'll say music NFTs. <laughs> so, in that sense. Uh, you want to see a lot more uh, DAOs popping up from the creatives side of things. My question is, uh, you have a, a lot of verticals in which these DAOs are popping up right now. Desai, that's decentralized science. You have music NFTs. A lot of these DAOs are popping up across, uh, centered around these artists. Uh, within the next one to two years, or even the next five years, where do you see DAOs kind of making a massive impact? Uh, you speak to a lot of DAOs and uh, you maybe kind of have a sense of where uh, the DAOs are kind of going there. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so there's impact on a few a few fronts. There's impact on a societal level and, and kind of a cultural level. So what you can put into that bucket are um, DAOs that are designed to you know, affect some sort of large-scale change, like that might be... Uh, you know, climate change or something like that, or it might be um, kind of better vis visibility of, um, I don't know, uh, wage gaps or, um, I don't know, there's, there's lots of, there's lots of different, different areas that I kind of classify as like impact, right? It might be about uh, agriculture, uh, it might be about science and things like that. And those are very, very exciting. And those are like where I see a lot of the headline news being being made and bringing more people into this ecosystem. But the sort of things that I'm excited about is people that wouldn't normally have a chance um, uh, uh, because of their kind of location, um, because of what they look like, because of the language that they primarily speak. Um, that there are expectations that are put on them by outside cultures and things like that. Those people being able to earn a living and access a much wider network and kind of make it more equitable. And I think that's not necessarily going to happen in the next couple of years. I think we'll make strides there. And I'm already seeing elements of that. But the ability for people to work on stuff that they care about and the ability for people to own you know, parts of their results rather than just being paid for it kind of one time. That's kind of what I'm excited about. I think we'll care more about the systems we build if we're also the part owners of that system. I think that's, uh, that's the original vision for which all these DAOs kind of came about, right? I mean, if you take a look at Bankless, for example, the whole a vision of what they wanted to start out with was they wanted to uh, bring the facilities of a bank account to those people who didn't have that, you know, and that was through crypto. You know, you have so much billions of people out there who 
who don't have that sort of access and crypto was supposed to be that gateway and it's a i love the empathy that you show towards these people you know you want to be able to kind of allow them also not just uh, what to say disempowered but anybody who has that uh, coherence with the community to be able to self organize and make a living for themselves i think that's uh, pretty fascinating that way you know uh, in that sense i see impact does uh really starting to pop up uh, especially in the latest bitcoin grants round a lot of them are really popping up trying to kind of solve for inequalities and things like that uh i think that's really heartening to see and um, in that regard you know because you kind of see these pockets of daos uh, popping in from across the globe they're all trying to make an impact when it comes to uh, these things or you know this one they just really want to grow the community or make an impact in certain protocols whatever who do you think should be the role models when it comes to these sort of dao operations and um, you know who should they be following uh, when it comes to that sort of insights that could help them shape uh, their daos so right now the places where i want to be where i hang out are where the thoughtful people are they're not necessarily the loudest uh sometimes they are the weirdest <laughs> by uh, <laughs> nature um but they are incredibly thoughtful about everything they say and they do and and the systems that they build um tech in the past has been it's done a lot of good but it's done a lot of bad as well i think we've seen especially over the last few years the impact of um phones the impact of social media and things like this and we need if we are to build these new systems we want to make sure that we get them right um and we don't want to be caught in this kind of need to rush to market uh, and end up building the wrong things and incentivizing the wrong behaviors so i i advise kind of hanging out in places like cabin um for example for people that are more kind of familiar with the the dao space to understand about like decentralized cities i find kind of that whole aspect very very interesting um twitter is good and bad um because it has <laughs> interesting threads to pull on but it's also can be a bit of a cesspit at times um i would say places like folklore are really really interesting that's rafa from mira his latest kind of project it's all around sharing the most kind of fascinating and illuminating essays not just from this space but with concepts that help to explain this space and what's happening so cabin um folklore people that are experimenting kind of on the fringes with with te uh technical stuff but in a fun way so um david phelps over at uh, jokedow um that's really really interesting as well um so they're kind of just a, a few names to go and and check out and obviously i i should probably plug avenue at this time as well right i was going to yeah. do that for you anyway but then so <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of segue right you know nelson has kind of uh, put in some really amazing names out there and uh, in that regard you know we should uh, anybody listening we should also follow nelson the sort of insights that he has from learning from dao masters has been uh, really insightful people should go check out the discord for those who are really keen on building 
really good DAOs should check out the DAO Masters Discord and see the sort of discussion that's kind of popped up. It gives you a really good insight uh, about the sort of uh, uh, the sort of achievements they've made, the sort of way in which they've structured things, and the sort of uh, insights you kind of get from uh, the DAO Masters Discord. And then uh, absolutely, uh, Nelson's product is something that we all must kind of be keeping an eye out for. Yeah, um, I'll just leave it to Nelson for this one. Where can people follow you? How can people get access to your product? When do we get to use it? And most <laughs> importantly, how do we get to contribute towards the journey of Avenue? I mean, is there any way in which we could do that? Please. Sure. So first place to check out to find out a little bit more about us is avenue.place. Um, that'll take you ironically to our Discord right now, even though that's kind of who we ultimately end up uh, will hopefully end up unseating. Um, but for now, we're, we're using we're using their product begrudgingly. Um, you can check me out, uh, Nelson T. Jordan, on Twitter. Um, you can learn more about like the team and my amazing co-founders, uh, Mendez and Raphael, um, and just through through our Discord and through their Twitters as well. And um, yeah, if you ever just want a chat, let me know. Uh, my DMs are open. I'm always very interested. I'm in a range of kind of discussion groups like Dow Star One um, and kind of some different research groups as well. So always down to kind of discuss and, and write about uh, these challenges that Dow's are facing and the new kind of uh, paradigm that's emerging. Um, and I think, yeah, in terms of uh, can you use our product? The answer is uh, yes, uh, but you have to apply um, just because we want to make sure that the right communities are, are using it uh, and they're kind of committed to helping us improve it as well. Um, you can find a, a waitlist spot um, uh, application form, I should say, on avenue.place. Um, that is for the, the first part of our tool, um, the co coordination and collaboration part of our tool. Um, we're looking for partners to help us build that. We've already got some fantastic names. Uh, you mentioned Bankless there. Um, so Bankless Consulting, Bankless Academy and things like that will be one of our partners that help us develop this as, as well as kind of several other top tier DAOs. Uh, if you're interested in participating, please let me know. That's about it from our end. Thank you everyone for joining in. Uh, thank you for stepping forward and being a part of a growing community. And uh, stay tuned, follow us on Twitter. We are also available on other major streaming platforms. Um, and let's connect next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.